Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you are enjoying your day, awesome. If not, well, let's see what this episode does for your day. So, I was contemplating doing episodes based on this subject, and that is the WWE draft per year and the end results in terms of how the draft affected superstars in terms of their career trajectory. So, today, we're going to cover all of the draft picks from the 2002 WWF slash WWE draft. I believe there were about 20 that happened on television, and then the rest, which were like 21 through 58, were all on the website. So, gonna cover. So, this episode is gonna discuss every draft pick that was done, both televised and then the draft picks that happened on the website, as well as what each wrestler that was drafted ended up doing. And the time period we're gonna go is from the day of the draft up until, I'd say about WrestleMania 20, because shortly thereafter was the other draft in 2004, so we're going to go on based on that time period to see how each superstar's career went upon the draft. So, we're going to start off the first draft pick was The Rock to SmackDown. Of course, Vince McMahon owning SmackDown and Ric Flair owning Raw, so they got uh, coin toss where every other draft pick, you chose a wrestler that you wanted. So, with The Rock, shortly after the draft, he was gone for a little bit for a movie filming. He was supposed to return to King of the Ring, but of course, Stone Cold walked out of the company, so... Rock came back a bit early, appeared on Raw, interfered at the King of the Ring pay-per-view, went back on SmackDown, feuded for the Undisputed Championship, and won in a triple threat with Kurt Angle as a third participant at Vengeance. And because he was Undisputed Champion, he was able to appear on both shows. And to do so while Undisputed Champion, lost the title to Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, went on another hiatus because of a movie role, returned on SmackDown, as the Hollywood rock persona for the feud with Holy, with Hollywood slash Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And after No Way Out, the next night he jumped shipped over to Raw because it said in storyline, Vince let him go wherever he wanted to go. Afterwards, he faced off getting what finally defeated Stone Cold at WrestleMania 19, had the feud with Goldberg going into backlash, turned babyface not too long afterwards, and at WrestleMania 20, himself and Mick Foley would end up losing a 3-on-2 handicap match against Evolution's own Ric Flair, Randy Orton and Batista, which would be The Rock's last match up until Survivor Series 2011. So he had a pretty damn good amount of success during the period. Second draft pick, Gertrude Raw. Now, he had the most, he had a lot of success in a way during this period because at Backlash, he defeated Stone Cold via screwy finish to become number one contender of the title, won the championship from Hollywood Hogan from at Judgment Day, retained in a great ladder match against Jeff Hardy on the July 1st, 2002 Raw, but then lose the championship at Vengeance. Shortly after SummerSlam, he would jump ship over to SmackDown, have the feud with Brock Lesnar and have a broken hand, return to Royal Rumble 2003, start feuding with Big Show and A-Train through No Way Out, and of course WrestleMania, the A-Train feud would happen again later on at SummerSlam, have a bit of a feud with John Cena Vengeance, and his uh, big evil slash American badass character would end up being written off as Survivor Series after he lost a buried alive match at Survivor Series against Vince McMahon due to his on-screen brother Kane interfering and burying him alive. But of course, The Undertaker would return later on at WrestleMania, re- uh, bringing back his whole dead man persona. Madison Square Garden, Paul Bear by his side, defeated his brother, and that's how it went from there. Uh, number three, Kurt Angle would be drafted over to SmackDown. Now, right away, he would start a feud with Edge going to Backlash. It was around the time that Edge was trying to become more comfortable with the singles role again. This would also culminate at Judgment Day, where Kurt Angle would get his head shaped because of a pre-match stipulation where both men's hair was on the line. They would also have a steel cage match. Afterwards, Angle would start wearing a hair piece with a 
weird freaking wrestling headgear for a little while. Eventually took it off, started fully sporting the bald look. Had a match against John Cena and John Cena's debut on the main roster. And eventually would end up becoming tag the first ever WWE Tag Team Champions, the SmackDown branded exclusive Tag Team Champions, with Chris Benoit and No Mercy. Would later go on to become WWE Champion afterwards at Armageddon from the Big Show. And during this period, he also ended up suffering another broken neck. Dropped the WWE Championship to Brock Lesnar at the main event of WrestleMania 19. Go off for neck surgery for a little bit. Regain the WWE Championship against a vengeance, but lose it in September later on that year on SmackDown. Losing it to Brock Lesnar. It had a brief feud with John Cena during the auto, during the fall time. And then beginning 2004, he would turn heel after No Way Out because he became number one contender to Eddie Guerrero's WWE Championship. But then would lose to Eddie Guerrero at WrestleMania and once again would suffer a neck injury. And once I covered the 2004 draft and everything going onwards, maybe I'll discuss what happened with Angle, but then again, he wasn't drafted, so don't really have to go far from there. Draft pick number four to Raw gained the NWO, which consisted of just Kevin Nash, X-Pac, and Scott Hall. All three men being drafted to Raw with Kevin Nash. He would end up having a biceps injury around the time of this draft, would return in the exact same night that he announced he was medically clear to compete and return to the ring. He suffered his infamous quad tear on Raw just shortly there afterwards, which would... And the result ended up in breaking up the NWO for good because of Vince McMahon. He would return right after WrestleMania 19, which turned babyface by feuding with Triple H. Then the six-man tag match at Backlash. The title matches at Judgment Day, which ended a disqualification, Street Fighter Insurrection, and the Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood. Afterwards, a rare thing would happen where Kevin Nash would lose his hair shortly afterwards. I say rare thing because you rarely ever saw babyfaces in wrestling losing a hair match. Lose it on Raw against Chris Jericho. It sport a short haircut because he had a movie role, I believe, it was for The Punisher. And his last match would end up in what happened at SummerSlam in the Elimination Chamber for the World Heavyweight Championship. Then afterwards, Kevin Nash would depart while also having neck surgery during his time away. When it comes to X-Pac, all he really did was he unmasked Kane at Raw, an episode of Raw because Kane was injured. And the only he didn't really do anything of note afterwards. And he would be gone by around SummerSlam time. For Scott Hall, he had a match of backlash against Bradshaw, and then right after the company had the name change, he was released from his contract due to issues with alcoholism at his own request, so the NWO didn't really go far afterwards here. For the fifth pick, it was Chris Benoit SmackDown. Now, this was a bit of an iffy one because you saw some, some weird patterns with some superstars after they got drafted. During this period, Chris Benoit was still recovering from his neck surgery that he hadn't had after King of the Ring the year before. And instead of going to SmackDown, instead, upon his return to television, he came back to Raw, had a little thing going on with teaming with with Eddie Guerrero, won the Intercontinental Championship, and then jump shipped over to SmackDown. But then the, Inter the Intercontinental Championship went back over to Raw because he lost it to Rob Van Dam, so there was no mid-card championship for the SmackDown brand. Became Tag Team Champions with Kurt Angle for a little while. Had a, an incredible match with Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view the next year. Had a bit of a team with Rhino, was in the finals in the U.S. US title tournament on SmackDown and Vengeance against Eddie Guerrero. Would later go on to win the 2004 Royal Rumble, and on his own accord decided to jump over to Raw to challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of WrestleMania 20 with Shawn Michaels and then-champion Triple H to become the brand new World Heavyweight Champion. So again, another big case of success because of the draft. Number six ended up being the Big Red Monster Kane to Raw. Now, at first things were sketchy because he suffered a biceps injury shortly after the Draft is slightly mentioned with the whole Xbox thing. Was off TV for a couple months. Came back with a new look with a half mask. Different attire. Almost similar to oh, what he would have a little bit after he unmasked until they changed that look again. Became Intercontinental and Tag Team Champions. In fact, he was the last Intercontinental Champion before. Was retired and unified with the World Heavyweight Championship with Triple H and No Mercy. 
uh, hint, hint, Katie Vick. Uh, end up teaming with Rob Van Dam for a little while throughout 2003. By summer, he would unmask and turn heel, change his look, bald head, just going with long tights and everything, saying that the burnt, kind of having, like, temporary burn marks on his face, which is just soot, claiming that everything was just psychological, so no physical burn marks despite his past history. Later on, go on to bury the Undertaker Survivor Series and have the WrestleMania match against the Undertaker in Madison Square Garden, as mentioned in the Undertaker part. Number seven was Hulk Hogan slash Hollywood Hogan slash Hollywood Hulk Hogan to SmackDown. He would win the WWE Undisputed Championship at Backlash. When main, I believe he mainly stayed on SmackDown despite being champion. I can't remember if he appeared on Raw after this. Lost title of the Undertaker at Judgment Day, became tag team champions with Edge in July. Got taken out in storyline by Brock Lesnar because of the match. Returned shortly after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view in 2003 to have the feud with The Rock, who, were, who he would lose to in No Way Out. Have a street fight because of this with Vince McMahon due to his involvement at No Way Out. Street fight at WrestleMania would win. Then in storyline, Vince McMahon would fire Mr. Hulk Hogan. And Hogan would come back under the Mr. Amer Mr. America gimmick. But it would not last long as he would quit the company legitimately shortly before Vengeance. Due to... General unhappiness with his storylines and, of course, his pay from WrestleMania 19. So, yeah, that bear left done done with all that. Number eight was Rob Van Dam to the Monday Night Raw. During that period, he was, I believe he was Intercontinental Champion at the time of the draft. He retired both the European and Hardcore Championships by unifying them, respectively, with his Intercontinental Championship by retiring the European Championship in a ladder match against, Rob Van, against Jeff Hardy and the Hardcore Championship in a Hardcore match against Mr. Tommy Dreamer. Trade the Intercontinental Championship a little bit with Chris Benoit. Had the World Heavyweight Championship match at Unforgiven with Triple H. Participated in the Elimination Chamber match at Survivor Series where he accidentally botched the five-star frog splash and drove his knee into Triple H's throat. As a result, his push would decline for a while. Tag team with Kane. Back into the Intercontinental Championship viewed and picture and everything in 2003. And he would even team with Booker T involving the World Tag Team Championships leading into WrestleMania 20 as well. Now, number nine was also a tag team where, well, more than one draft pick combined in there. Billy and Chuck, Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo, were drafted over SmackDown. Because Rico was their manager, he was also brought in as well. Brought the tag team titles being temporarily SmackDown exclusive, back when they still had one set of tag team titles. The group had a face turn in September 2002 after denouncing their gimmick, where people thought they were gay during the whole commitment ceremony. The team ended shortly there afterwards due to Billy Gunn suffering an injury. And upon Billy Gunn's return, he would revert to his Mr. Ass gimmick, and Chuck Palumbo would join the FBI, a.k.a. the full-blooded Italians. Now, number 10, Booker T would get drafted over to Raw. Right away, he would have a brief run with the NWO before literally getting kicked out by Shawn Michaels, having an eyeball team with Goldust when it involved a run with the World Tag Team Championships. That team would break up. He would become number one contender to Triple H's World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 19 by winning a Battle Royal. And we all remember what happened there with the loss that took freaking 23 seconds for a pinfall to happen after one pedigree. Had a brief run with the Intercontinental Championship, which was cut short due to injury. And then after his return, he would start teaming with Rob Minam, as mentioned earlier, leading into WrestleMania 20 as part of one of the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team elimination, or no, just Fatal 4-Way Tag Team matches of the World Tag Team Championships. Number 11, Radar Superstar Edge. We drafted over SmackDown. This is around the time that Edge was starting his singles run, or really trying to get back into a singles run after teaming with, or with Christian for so long. Feud with Kurt Angle, as mentioned with the head shaving thing in Judgment Day, temporarily tag team champions with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Had a feud in the fall with Eddie Guerrero and part of the whole SmackDown 6. Became tag team champions with Rey Mysterio against Los Guerreros and Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Around No Way Out, he was supposed to have teamed 
As I mentioned in the three-part series a little while back, he was supposed to team with Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit against Team Angle and No Way Out, but he legitimately was suffering with a neck injury around this time, so he got written off. He would be off television for over a year until he returned to the night of the 2004 draft, but I'll discuss that going forward when we get to that episode. Number 12, the Big Show would get drafted to Raw. Now, this was a, a, no pun intended, Raw deal because of what would happen. Shortly after being drafted, he would join the NWO if he was stone cold, and he really didn't do anything of note during this period. After, I believe it was Unforgiven, he jump shipped over to SmackDown, wanted to be treated seriously, he changed his look, became WWE Champion due to a double cross by Paul Heyman in a Survivor Series against Brock Lesnar, became the first man to technically pin Brock and on television and everything, would lose the WWE Championship to Kurt Angle at Armageddon, have the feud with The Undertaker going into WrestleMania and No Way Out as well, would eventually become United States Champion at No Mercy in 2003 by beating Eddie Guerrero, and the title reign would end at WrestleMania 20 by losing in the opener to John Cena. Number 13, now this was a this is one where there aren't that many notes of Rikishi getting drafted to SmackDown. He was briefly tag team champions with Rico during the whole thing with Billy and Chuck. Had a brief feud like around shortly after WrestleMania with Sean O'Hare. And then afterwards he would have a reunion and become tag team champions on SmackDown with Scotty Tuhati. Number 14, Bubba Ray Dudley to Raw. So this was a split of the Dudley Boys for a little while, and I'll get to Vivon right after this. He had, we had a run with the Hardcore Division with the Hardcore Championship. Had a brief main event spot feud with Triple H, but that did not last long due to a botched powerbomb that he tried doing through a table. Would team with Spike Dudley for most of the rest of 2002. Would reunite with Devon Dudley at Survivor Series. And would also include uh, Spike Dudley, so a three-man Dudley Boys reunion. And they would have various feuds going on with Raw over the next couple of years. Speaking of Devon Dudley, number 15, Devon got drafted over to SmackDown. Shortly afterwards, he became Reverend Devon Gimmick and would help debut Deacon Batista, later known as Batista, would drop the gimmick not too long afterwards, reunite as the Dudley Boys of Survivor Series, and then the stuff afterwards, as mentioned with Bubba Ray on Raw. Just, they would both stick on Raw by jumping ship after Survivor Series, would just have random feuds and tag tower runs over on Raw, but nothing too special during the period. Number 16, Brock, I believe this was the, may have been one of the last televised picks on, that I recall. Brock Lesnar got drafted to Raw. This will show that no matter where you're drafted, it doesn't mean that your success level is going to be based on who you're prioritized as in terms of where you're being drafted to. Right off the bat, he started having a feud with the Hardy Boys, knocked out Jeff Hardy for a win at Backlash, tag team match at Judgment Day, and I believe also at Insurrection. Uh, he eventually became the winner of the King of the Ring Tournament, became number one contender of the WWE Championship at SummerSlam, which he would win against The Rock, feud with The Undertaker at Unforgiven and No Mercy, which includes a hellacious Hell in a Cell match. Undefeated streak would end with his WWE Championship at Survivor Series over at Big Show. And right before Unforgiven, he actually became SmackDown exclusive. So he jumped ship from Raw to SmackDown because of a storyline deal with Stephanie McMahon, and the WWE Championship was no longer undisputed. We go on to win the 2003 Royal Rumble match and win the WrestleMania 19 main event against Kurt Angle to become WWE Champion, despite getting a concussion because of the botched uh, Shooting Star Press. We lose the championship in a triple threat against Kurt Angle and Big Show at Vengeance, turn heel afterwards, win the title back in the Iron Man match on SmackDown 2003, we lose the title and No Way Out to Eddie Guerrero in 2004, and then we lose to Goldberg at WrestleMania 20 and would depart from the company shortly thereafterwards for the next eight years. Man. Number 17, Mark Henry SmackDown, and this was also one that was a little bit iffy. Started having these tough man contests to show his strength and everything, like with 
I think he was pulling trucks. I can't remember. I remember he was stopping a limo from running into him with a wall, bending fry pans and stuff. Shufford would suffer a knee injury before the end of the year, would return the following year in 2003 to Raw, aligning with Teddy Long for his whole thugging and bugging gimmick. But by early 2004, he ended up getting injured once again and would be off television for a little while. So not a whole lot of success on SmackDown or even in general up until probably 2006 at the earliest when he was having the feud with Batista for a bit. Number 18, William Regal to Raw. Now, during this time, he was dabbling with the whole European Championship and everything, became exclusive Raw, had some swappings with the belt with Spike Dudley, and eventually lost it for good to Jeff Hardy around the time of Vengeance. Joined the Un-Americans for the whole faction and everything, tagging champions with Lance Storm. Would suffer a concussion and no way out in 2003. And shortly thereafterwards, would not be seen on television again due to heart issues, so... Real life issues kept him off TV for a little over a year afterwards. But that concussion, yeah, from a scoop slam that he took by Kane, head mouse off mat, not fun there. Now, another one where something did not happen during the spirit for somebody for, in terms of success Maven at number 19 to SmackDown had the Hardcore Championship temporarily over on SmackDown exclusive until he dropped into Raven. Didn't do a whole lot over there. Returned to Raw in November. Like that same year, try to repeat the spot that he had in the 2002 Royal Rumble match with in 2003 with The Undertaker. And then there was absolutely nothing after that. The only thing I think he really did was he was supposed to have a match at Armageddon, as mentioned in the Rebar series, against Matt Hardy. But he got destroyed by Batista, so his pay-per-view match did not get to happen. Uh, number 20, Lita got drafted over to Raw. Shortly after the draft, he was, she would suffer her neck injury. I believe the show was Dark Angel or whatever it was called where she suffered a neck injury due to stunt gone wrong. She, during her time of recovery, she would become a color commentator on Heat. All of a sudden, in April 2003, she would get fired from commentary while she was still recovering. We returned to the ring a few months later, as still saying on Raw. Failed to win the Women's Championship at Survivor Series against Molly Holly. Got in the storyline of shortly thereafterwards with Jer Chris Jericho, Christian, and Trish at Armageddon. And this was right after Trish, or sorry, Lita, lost her job because she lost Magic. I can't remember if she was Magic against Molly Holly or somebody. Because Matt Hardy turned on her, so she lost her job. And had a brief alliance with Christian until it was revealed that the quote-unquote alliance was just some kind of game to see who can get fucked first. Number 21, Mr. Billy Kidman, aka Don't Powerbomb Billy Kidman, to SmackDown. Shortly after the draft, he became Cruiserweight Champion, lost to Jury once again, like who he just went from Backlash. Regained the championship later on that year, Survivor Series from Jamie Noble, lost in no way out to Matt Hardy. And during this time, like up until around later on in 2004, he would end up starting forming a tag team with Paul London, but that'll probably be safe for another time. Number 22, Brad Shaw to Monday Night Raw, where he tried to get a push. Dabbled in the Hardcore Division, even temporarily named the belt the Texas Hardcore Championship. Suffered a biceps injury in September 2002. Went back over to SmackDown upon his return in June 2003 to reform the APA. Gave his new look with the hairstyle that we're most known for him to be doing since then. Had the barroom brawl of vengeance. Views with the Bastion Brothers and World's Race Tag Team after this. And was even one of the four tag teams involved in the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship at WrestleMania. Number 23, Tajiri also got drafted over to SmackDown, just like Billy Kidman. Brought the Cruiserweight Championship to SmackDown, making it SmackDown exclusive going forward. Traded the championship with Billy Kidman, turned heel around this time and mistreating Tori Wilson. Later turned B-Face by feuding with Jamie Noble. Became WWE Tag Team Champions with Eddie Guerrero at Judgment Day. Eventually lost the tag team titles. Got attacked by Eddie Guerrero and his low rider. Returned to the tag team division shortly thereafter. Had another heel run. 
became Cruiserweight Champion in September 2003, and even aligned with Akio, later known as Jamie Noble, in Sakota, and also took part in the Cruiserweight Open at WrestleMania 20. Number 24, this one, not really much to note. Stephen Richard got drafted over Raw, got involved in the Hardcore Division, and mainly aligned with Victoria. Not a whole lot to mention after that whole thing happened. Number 25, now Chris Jericho to SmackDown. I discussed Chris Jericho's run and everything after this with how 2002 went for him. He finished his feud with Triple H on SmackDown with the Hell in a Cell match. He was supposed to feud with Edge, but that never got a proper conclusion. Instead of Vengeance, he went against John Cena, jumped ship to Raw afterwards to feud with Ric Flair going into SummerSlam and Unforgiven, became Intercontinental Champion again, had the whole thing with teaming with Christian up until around Armageddon with World Tag Team Championships, feuded with Shawn Michaels going into WrestleMania 19, feud with Goldberg at Bad Blood, became Intercontinental Champion once again in 2003 after the championship was already revived, the romance angle with Trish around the end of the year, and also feuded with Christian, going into the road in WrestleMania 20 where he lost, and then Trish turned heel on him. So he went to start a feud afterwards even further with Christian and even Trish Stratus. Number 26, Matt Hardy to Raw. He was supposed to face Brock at Backlash. Did not get to happen. He turned heel and eventually left by attacking, Jeff, or, yeah, attacking his brother Jeff Hardy. Left for SmackDown, became the whole V1 character, became Cruiserweight Champion going into No Way Out by defeating Billy Kimmon at the pay-per-view. Gained, gained Shane Moore and Crash Holly as his followers for his whole Mattitude thing. Eventually rejoined Raw in November 2003 and betrayed Lita to cost her her job. And then not much to note up until a little later on in 2004. Uh, number 27, Ivory to SmackDown. This one is a bit iffy. Uh, she had feuds and stuff going on with Linda Miles and Jackie Gata from Tough Enough. Got traded over to Raw in 2003 in November because of the trade for Big Show. And the only thing she did after this was... Just had this random match at Armageddon 2003 against Mahali for the Women's Championship. Nothing really after that. She just was really more of a hosting gimmick or ghosting or ah, hosting freaking role and everything after this. Number 28, Raven Raw made the Hardcore Championship Raw exclusive. Spent more time on Heat and Excess. Eventually got banished from Raw by losing a Loser Leaves Towel match or Loser Leaves Raw match against Tommy Dreamer on the June 24, 2002 edition of Raw. Came back on Raw in early 2003. Lost a Royal Rumble match, qualifying match to Jeff Hardy, and was released from the company shortly thereafter. So, didn't really do much. Uh, number 29, Albert to SmackDown. He disbanded his tag team with Scotty Johati. Did a whole lot of stuff on Velocity for a while until he temporarily aligned with Big Show and Paul Heyman. Got rebranded as A-Train with a new look. Different trunks. Harry back. Shave your back. Lost a handicap match with Big Show against The Undertaker at WrestleMania 19. Also lost The Undertaker 101 at SummerSlam later that year. He also had this random match against Chris Benoit at No Mercy, which he lost, and was even part of the whole thing, uh, tag team with Team Lesnar as Survivor Series against Team Angle. Uh, number 30. So we're a little over halfway there now, folks. Jeff Hardy got drafted over to Raw. He lost via technical knockout or referee savage at Backlash to, the, to Brock Lesnar. Lost a great liar match on the July 1st, 2002 edition of Raw to The Undertaker. Was the second to last man to technically hold the European Championship before it was unified with the Intercontinental Championship. Again, in a ladder match against Rob Van Dam. Took part in the TLC match on Raw for Raw Roulette for the tag team titles where he teamed with Rob Van Dam. It got involved in the six-man tag team elimination tables match Survivor Series with the Dudley Boys being Spike and Bubba Ray against Rico and Three-Man Warning. Had a brief heel run in early 2003. Teased a romance with Trish. And his last televised match would be against The Rock on the April 7, 2003 edition of Raw, but then would be released 15 days later on April 22, 2003. So, minor success, but a terrible end afterwards. 
Uh, number 31, Hurricane of SmackDown. Not a whole lot to note here. He became Cruiserweight Champion not too long afterwards. Got tra traded over to Raw. Started teaming with Kane as Hurricane. Bit of a tag team title run. Deal with the Rock 2003, which is highly entertaining. And then afterwards, we started teaming with Rosie, his superhero in training. Uh, number 32, another one where this didn't mean much. Mr. Perfect to Raw. It was released shortly there afterwards. He was just doing stuff on Raw and Heat and everything. But he was released not too long after this. Because of the whole infamous plane ride from hell tussle that he had with Brock Lesnar. Big shame there. Number 33, also known as SmackDown. He started teaming with Raven, who was part of Tough Enough during the 2002-2002 run. Game another trainer for another season of Tough Enough. Jumped shift to Raw after this. Started doing color commentary duty. Turned heel, aligned with Jonathan Coachman. Temporarily became the tag... Both of them technically became tag team... Uh, commentary team on Raw for a little while after Unforgiven, and then nothing to note really after that. Uh, number 34, Butler, or Spike Dudley to Raw, became European champion temporarily with the whole feud with Regal, and as mentioned before, realigned with, at Survivor Series with Devon, three-man team of the Dudley Boys. And the only notable thing you remember after this was he had that whole neck injury, I believe it was on an episode of Raw, where La Resistance tried to do like a double spine buster over the top rope to a table at ringside, but they missed the table and the back of Spike's head hit the edge of the table and he had to wear a neck brace afterwards. That, ugh, we all remember that part. Number 35, Lance Storm of SmackDown, another one where a draft pick meant nothing. Uh, temporarily won the tag team titles with Christian at Vengeance as part of the Un-Americans. Jumped ship back over to Raw afterwards. Lost the tag team titles for good to Hurricane on the September 23rd, 2002 edition of Raw. Tag champs with William Regal, and then later on Chief Morley because of Real's injury. And then, of course, we remember June 16, 2003. Boring! Whole thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin afterwards. So that kind of killed his career in a way. They tried improving his charisma and turning him babyface with the whole dancing gimmick. And around the time of the 2004 draft, he denounced the gimmick, turned heel, and he was gone from the company after this by choosing to quote-unquote retire. Uh, number 36, another one that didn't really get to mean much. Uh, Gil Brown drafted over to Raw. He mostly appeared on Heat, was color commentary, feud with Raven. He turned heel by joining Teddy Long's Thuggin' and Buggin' group, but by February 2003, right after he got kicked from the group, he was released from his contract and would later go to TNA. Uh, number 37, another one that did not get to meet much. Diamond Dallas Page was SmackDown. Shortly after being drafted, he suffered a neck injury in a match on an episode of SmackDown against Hardcore Holly due to a Botched a little super landing from a superplex and ended up retiring and left the company shortly after his neck injury. Number 38, Sean Stasiak to Raw. Debuted this whole Planet Stasiak gimmick where he's acting crazy and cuts promos with rhymes. Came part of the hardcore division and b before even the fall really happened, he left the company around September 2002. So that also meant nothing. Number 39, Tori Wilson of SmackDown. She had the whole relationship going on with Tajiri, feuded with Dawn Marie regarding her father, and the whole thing like mother, or female versus female, and eventually stepmother versus stepdaughter going into 2003. Both for Playgirl, ah, sorry, Playboy, feuds and teams with T Sable, and even led to a tag team evening gown match with Sable against Stacey Giebler and Miss Jackie at WrestleMania 20. Uh, number 40, Terry Ronald Raw. she became a one-time hardcore champion during the time, mainly stuck with being an interviewer and had a brief fling going on with Kane on screen, and by early 2004, she was released from her contract. Number 41, Scotty Twatty to SmackDown. He had, as mentioned a bit earlier, Albert and his team got broken up. 
He had neck surgery about a month or two after being drafted, returned in October 2003 due to his neck injury by reuni reuniting with Rikishi, and even had a WWE Tag Team Championship run with both men. Even I think they were Tag Team Champions going into WrestleMania 20, if memory serves me right. Uh, number 42, Jacqueline drafted over to Raw. She failed to win the Women's Championship in a triple threat with Trish Stratus and Victoria Armageddon. Later, also lost in the Fatal 4-Way match that also included both other participants in Jazz Judgment Day. And then nothing else to note. There's I don't even know if she made that many televised appearances after this. Uh, number 43, Stacey Goodwood or SmackDown. Around this time, she get, became Vince McMahon's personal assistant when he was still running SmackDown. Lost the Women's Championship match against Trish Stratus at Judgment Day. Jumped over to Raw in August 2002. Became an on-screen couple with Test. After later on, they became a face tag team. Changed Test's look, which I'll get to later on. And she became part of the whole catalyst for the feud between Scott Steiner and Test over managerial services. They eventually mistreated her. She was free from managing them. And then, as mentioned a few entries ago, took part in the tag team evening gown match by teaming with Miss Jackie against Tori Wilson and Sable at WrestleMania. Uh, number 44, Goldass got drafted over to Raw. Goldass. Former not tag team with Booker T after being denied being part of the end, entering the NWO. Brief tag team title run for them. Was given a stuttering gimmick after being electrocuted on an episode of Raw because of evolution. Got the stuttering gimmick. Started forming a tag team with Lance Storm, which was an oddball team. And before he got released, he saw those gimmick or the weird little segment where Booker T got an envelope and it just said a piece of paper saying, I remember. And according to reports, it was supposed to be Goldust saying those papers in order to set up eventually for a few Booker T, but that was quickly dropped after the one time this happened and was his contract expired in December 2003 without being renewed by the company. Number 45, Christian is SmackDown. Now, this was pretty significant. Formed the Un-Americans in June, became tag team champions as mentioned earlier with Chris, with, J with, ah, with Lance Storm. Later on, formed a tag team over with Chris Jericho and also jumped shipped over to Raw, I believe. In October, became Intercontinental Champion at Judgment Day when the title was re- Ah, when the title was resurrected at Judgment Day in a battle royal by cheating, and the night after he changed his look with his attire and his hairstyle and everything, traded the Intercontinental Championship with Booker T as well, and later on lost the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match on the September 29, 2003 edition of Raw against Robin Dam, became part of Team Bischoff Survivor Series against uh, Team Austin, became part of the whole program with Chris Jericho, Lita and Trish at Armageddon, and feudal with Chris Jericho shortly afterwards starting... To, with their feud leading into WrestleMania 20 and eventually later after that. Uh, number 46, Trish Stratus to Raw. A lot of significant things to remember here. Was one of the very few women to ever hold the Hardcore Championship, like including Terry Runnels. When she won out in the May 6, 2002 edition of Raw, came, won the Women's Championship in a mixed tag match the following week with Bubba Ray Dudley against Stephen Richards and Victoria, with, no, not Victoria, um, with Jazz, yeah, with Jazz. With Few and Molly Holly would win the women's championship, lose the championship to her King of the Ring, then regain it for the third title reign at Unforgiven, lose the championship at a hardcore match against Victoria Survivor Series, regaining the, the triple threat with Victoria and Jazz WrestleMania 19, lose it to Jazz Backlash, drop the whole romance tease with Jeff Hardy's mentioned a bit earlier, had a bit of a romance angle with Jericho, and as mentioned earlier, Jericho would lose to Christian at WrestleMania 20, and then Trish would slap him around, turn heel, and would align with Christian afterwards. Number 47, Tess would get drafted over SmackDown, would lose to Brock, with some of the most notable things, he would lose to Brock in the King of the Ring tournament in a King of the Ring tournament match at the Bayview, join the Un-Americans, lose to the Undertaker at SummerSlam, began the romance angle with Stacey Keebler, turn the Bayface, 
Tess changed his look in terms of his tights got shorter, changed his hairstyle. But then going into 2003, he turned heel by a he was oh yeah, almost forgot. No way out, he's supposed to go against Chris Jericho in the three-part series, but that thing got dropped because they missed the flight to Ten Raw, so that few got dropped. Became abusive to Stacey afterwards, turned heel, started feuding with Scott Steiner, which was just god-awful. Both men eventually teamed up by abusing Stacey around. And after this, the only thing you really remember was that he got KO'd backstage before supposed to enter the Royal Rumble match. They got replaced by McFoley, and he really got relegated to heat afterwards. And even though, I don't know if he got drafted in 2004, draft will have to eventually go through that, but he was released before the end of the year, so 2004 was not even a good year afterwards. Uh, number 48, one that really meant nothing, Justin Incredible drafted Raw, he mainly wrestled on Heat, rarely appeared on Raw, and he was released in January 2003 from his contract. Number 49, Farouk to SmackDown. Started teaming with Devon, around, maybe around the time that he became Reverend Devon, I don't know if he turned heel or not. Disappeared in December 2002, no real reason given there. Reunited as APA in June 2003. And then around the time, shortly after WrestleMania 20, I believe it was before the 2004 draft, uh, Paul Heyman ended up firing Farouk. I believe he was just going under his real name, Ron Simmons, at that point. After the APA failed to win the Tag Team Championships on SmackDown, and this was a way to write off Simmons because he was legitimately retiring now. Uh, number 50, Big Boss Man Raw, temporarily teamed with Big Boss Man, or sorry, Miss Perfect, had some matches before having a motorcycle accident and would later be released in 2003. So nothing really of note there. Uh, 51, SmackDown gained Taz. All he really did was become a part, came the cold collar commentator with Michael Cole at ringside because at this point his in-ring career was pretty much over. So nothing. I don't think he had any matches on SmackDown after the draft, but he mainly just became color commentator with Michael Cole at the broadcast, he had broadcast table after this. Uh, number 52, Tommy Dreamer to Raw. Oh, boy. Debuted the whole just-a-regular-guy gimmick. We remember how disgusting that was. Ditched it not so long afterwards. Became the innovator of violence again. Last man to the hardcore championship before he was unified with RVD with the Intercontinental Championship afterwards. Banished Raven from Raw. Had some weapon spots in the 2003 Royal Rumble match. And then afterwards, he just took more backstage roles, and we wouldn't really see much of him over the next couple of years. Uh, number 53, Harker Holly got drafted over to SmackDown. Uh, had a few with Randy Orton. Broke his neck in a match in September against Brock Lesnar. Took him out for over a year. Returned before Survivor Series. Took part in Team Angle versus Team Lesnar. Was the first man eliminated by quickly getting disqualified for attacking Brock. WWE title match against Brock at Royal Rumble. Bills win the title. And then nothing really of note after this up until the draft. Uh, number 54, Crash Holly got drafted over Raw. September, he jumped ship over to SmackDown because he didn't do anything on Raw. Joined Matt Hardy with the whole Mattitude stuff in April 2003, but then a couple months later, he ended up being released from his contract. Uh, number 55, we're almost there, folks. Uh, Val Venus got drafted over to SmackDown, had some mini feuds throughout the year, nothing notable. In July 2002, he suffered a neck injury due to an accident in the gym. Uh, Rebellion, he teamed with Chuck Colombo in a losing effort to Demon and Ron Simmons. Jump tipped over to Raw in November, became Sean Morley, and then later Chief Morley as Eric Bischoff's, excuse me, assistant. Wore himself with the Tag Team Championships with Lance Storm on the March 24, 2003 edition of Raw. Lost them the night after WrestleMania 19, Rob Day McCain. Lost his position, position as Chief Morley, later rehired and brought back the whole Val Venus gimmick, and then had the whole alliance with Lance Storm during his face run. 
Number 56, Molly Holly got drafted over to Raw. She did the Mighty Molly gimmick, changed her look to brown hair and everything, became the whole self-righteous prude gimmick, which really got her way more success. Came Women's Champion at King of the Ring from Trish, lost title back in Unforgiven, won it later on in July 2003 from Gail Kim, lost it in early 2004 to Victoria, and then later lost her hair at WrestleMania 20 in a title versus hair match. And then finally, number 57, Perry Saturn to SmackDown, another case of nothing happening. Shortly after the draft, Perry Saturn got suffered an ACL injury and would be released later that year in November. So there right there, folks, is every draft pick in 2002 televised and non-televised in terms of what happened with everybody from the time they got drafted all the way up until just before the 2004 draft. So a lot of people had a lot of success when you look at like Molly Holly, Trish, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, and some others. I did not include anybody who was not drafted. So it had to be everybody who was drafted here. So it did not include like Stephanie or Triple H or other names like that. So if they were not drafted in the 2002 draft, televised or not, they are not on this list. But that shows where everybody went and the degrees of success that they had. I mean, it's a shame some got drafted and then absolutely nothing happened and they got released. Like Perry Saturn or Just Incredible or D'Lo or any of them. But I mean, that... Not everybody can have a lot of success for one reason or another. So let me know you all thought in the comment section below about the 2002 WWE Draft. What were some of your favorite draft picks? And which ones are the most forgettable in your eyes? Discuss in the comment section below if you wish. Uh, if you all enjoyed the episode, please remember to leave a like. Comment what you thought below. Subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube with a bell turned on. Or follow if you're listening on any other service with the whole follow like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.